That's a very original name. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Where are you calling from? Which, uh, I'm calling from Angola, Africa. Africa. All right. Africa. Wow. All right. The motherland. What's happening? Get it off your chest. Good morning. All right. Good morning, DJ Angie. Good morning, Charlemagne the God. What's up, King? Good How are you? Good morning, Angela. Yeah. Good morning. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a very long distance call. I might spend here $100 just to make this call. Uh, I just want to. I just want to say that this 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 show is amazing. Um, you guys are doing an incredible job, and I listen to you every day in my Apple podcast. And I don't even know if the program was live. I just called. Okay. Some positivity. Yeah. We, what you guys doing? And keep inspiring us uh, all. What time is it in Africa right now in Angola? What time is it? It's eleven sixteen. Okay. P.M. or A.M. A.M. Okay. All right. Good to talk to you, brother. Hello, who's this? Are we comedians? Shayna. Hey, Shayna, get it off your chest. I just want to thank God for this day. That's and I, right. You know, I know. <laughs> Look, I'm thank God for this day, for this job. I'm so blessed. I'm highly favored. I got my own business. And I just want to just thank God. That's all, guys. Shayna, Shayna, you're, you're, not, you're not just blessed and highly favored. You're blessed, black, and highly favored. You, you absolutely right. I am blessed, black, and highly favored. And I just want to thank God for it. Thank yes, you, ma'am. Hello, who's this? Hey, man, what's up? This is Reckless TV. How y'all doing? What's up, Reckless TV? Get it off your chest. I wanted to speak about college. I did trade school. I did two years for HVAC and uh, electricity, and I can work anywhere in the United States. I'm 23 years old, and nobody's doing trade no more. Everybody's trying to be doctors and lawyers. So right now, trade school is the best thing you can do. I agree. After, after I graduated, my... Uh, my teacher came to me and said I should go for another four years and I'd be guaranteed to make six figures and I can go anywhere in the United States. Mm-hmm. So trade school is popping right now because ain't nobody really doing it and everybody needs help with HVAC and uh, air conditioning. Yeah, man, exactly. I, I met this guy the other day, I think when I was in D.C., man, he ran up on me and he was like, man, thank you for always talking about trade school because I went to trade school and I've been gainfully employed for 40 plus years. There you go. <laughs> I forgot what he said he did. Alex! What's up? What's up? What's up? Get what's it up, up your chest, Alex. Who is Envy the Don? Yes, sir. What's up, brother? Envy the Don. My man, what's up? Envy the Don got that bread. Jay-Z got that <laughs> billion, huh? Yeah, Jay-Z got oh, a billion. got a billy. Got a billy. How they did it? Do we learn from Jay with you from Nipsey Hussle? Which one? You, you said what? Do we learn from Nipsey Hussle or do we learn from Jay-Z? You learn from both of them. You had more than one teacher in school, didn't you? Yeah, hopefully you learn from a lot of people every day. About? Why y'all say such stupid things? Seriously, or why do you wake up in the morning and just like say things that you give no thought to whatsoever? So you only learn from one person throughout your whole life? Nah, Charlamagne, we ain't even got to go like that, Charlamagne. I'm just saying, you know who Nipsey Hussle learned from his OGs? He learned from Elijah Muhammad, message to the black man. Elijah Muhammad was always talking about doing for self and owning your own. So what are we talking about here? We learn from a lot of different people in life. 
Don't forget that bag to get that meal. All right, man. Have a blessed day. Peace, bro. <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all just pissing what's me off this morning. What's, what's up with y'all this morning, man? They're getting it off their chest, y'all, man. Let's just let them talk. They do sound a little stupid this morning. Michael! Hey, how's it going, brother? Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning neighbor! Get it off your chest, Michael. Yeah, yep, I'm calling from Delray Beach, but I love you guys. I'm always listening to the show. You guys are amazing. Thank you, sir. We Thank appreciate you, so much. you, man. You're welcome. Shalom the guy. I love you, brother. I, I appreciate I, the work and everything, man. We love you, bro. I love you, too, my brother. Thank you. Appreciate you, King. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? What's up? This is Mr. Spark It Up. I go by the name of J-Man. Is it Mr. Okay, whatever. Get it off your chest, bro. Oh, yeah. i just like to uh, let the world know that after 15 long months, your boy has finally got his license cleared. Yes, sir. No more dirty driving. Okay. okay. No more bad and dirty. Congratulations, King. Yes, sir. Thank y'all. Thank y'all very much. All right. Well, be safe out there. Don't lose it again, brother. Hey, one, one more thing, though. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, y'all got call ID. Go ahead and say my number. So when I call next time, y'all already... Well, we don't got no damn call ID. Okay, store you know, his we, number. We do have call ID, but we not, yeah. we not storing his number. Store his number. Because I can win uh, Yeet. Got to uh, ask Yeet. I got something I want to ask. Your, really number, like your number's the 904 number, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, we not storing that, though. But have a good one, though, brother. Du- Duval. <laughs> have a good what one, What you say about Lil Duval? He said, he's from, from Duval. Duval. Oh. Hello, who's this? Hey, this Capers, man. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Hey man, I'm just blessed. Um, you know, woke up this morning, got a good workout in. At work, you know, blessed to have a job. Congratulations, bro, bro. That's it. I appreciate it, man. That's how you feeling? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just um, you can go follow me on Instagram at Kate the Man on Nine. Okay, brother. Hello, who's this? <laughs> Romeo. Romeo, what's up, man? Get it off your chest. What's up, Envy? How you doing? First things first, I'm gonna say I'm blessed this morning. I'm having my first child. Ooh, Congrats, congratulations. Brother. Thank you, thank you. But, um, yo, Charlamagne the guy, man, I love you. Ain't nothing wrong with telling a, a black brother you love him as you say. That's but, right. Yo, I'm, I'm mad at you. I'm, I'm mad at you because I can't believe you, you surprised that, um, MV, light skin, boozy self, can't change some tires, mm-hmm. man. Well, I don't want to stereotype people. But it's easy to take to um take some tires. Like how you can't to take some tires? Well, you got to be taught. Like my father had to teach me. I mean, I know how to. I mean, I know the concept of changing the tire. I the just never change the tire. Don't switch it up now. I mean, I know the concept. You it's a very it's, easy it's thing to do. It's a very easy do. concept, but I just don't. Now, I'm do not it. gonna sit there and say it's easy now. You it know, is, I, I it rather is easy call to AAA. tell somebody how to do yeah. it. Where you from, brother? I'm from Brooklyn, Canarsie. How many how many uh fix and flat places by you? It's a whole lot. Everywhere. There you go. That's why I got to change the tire. That's what I paid him to do. Thank you, though, brother. He might not have the money. Hey. People out here struggling, you know. $9, Some people man, don't even $10. have that. Does it? Some people don't even have an extra tire in, the, in their trunk. <laughs> that's that's, that's <laughs> okay. true, too. Now, that's expensive. That's true, To ride too. around with an extra tire. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Hey, what's up? This is John. How y'all doing today? John, what's up? Get it off your chest. Just want to spray some positivity, man. Tell you guys you're doing a great job over there, as usual. Charlemagne, we had a compromise last week. I just want to make sure you stand true to the yo, 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 regardless of what time you show up, right? Yes, sir. Oh, he missed it this morning. I didn't do it today. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, didn't, I missed you this morning because I was kind of late tuning in, so. Oh, I man. I don't know whether you did or not, so. But uh, also, I'm, I'm headed to vacation in two days. I'll be on vacation for the next five days, headed to Miami for the first time, so I'm happy about that. You about to wild out. 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm having a little fun. There you go. This, 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 this the last bit. Black men don't cheat. That's right. I didn't. And now hold on. Wilding out doesn't mean cheating. I know, so I'm just, okay. I'm just getting some clarity. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> He's just telling y'all. I'm just making some clarity. I'm just getting clarity in the situation. That's all. You guys have a great morning. You too, now, bro. Thanks, Lorenzo. Yo, what's going on, DJ MV? What's going on? What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Hey, listen, Charlemagne, there. I'm right here, sir. Yo, what's going on, Charlotte? I'm blessed, black, and highly favored. What's happening? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, good morning, you too. But listen, good morning. Yo, why, I, I want to know what's going on. Um, within the past few years, like ten years, why everybody so got so damn like like sensitive over everything, man? You can't you can't say nothing online. You gotta watch it. You say, I be feeling like sometimes. You ever heard of that? Like like you be seeing in movies, like when people put in movies like that, cryo sleep. I just feel like doing something like that. Oh, and going to sleep for like ten years to come back and be like, yo, what's going on? Well, everybody's so fake politically correct. You can say whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? You just got to deal with the consequences of what you said. You know, and I think that everybody's so afraid of like these social media mobs and being attacked that they be walking tight ropes and walking on walking on thin ice because they don't want to be attacked by the mob. But yeah, there's so much about everything. But there's so much access now too. Before social media, we weren't hearing what everyone had to say about everything. Now everybody's voicing their opinions and sometimes they're saying things that maybe they regret saying or maybe they're not saying it in the right way. People and it's, only, they it's sometimes only, they're putting it out there to get overanalyzed by people. They only regret when they get attacked. That, that's, that's understandable. <laughs> but, but, no, that's, that's, that's cool. But it, you know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, let's say it's Charlemagne. He don't ever post his kids, but if he posts his kids and he does something with his kids, you know, right away, oh my gosh, he shouldn't be doing this, this and this and that. Like, come on, yo, mind your business. Like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Everybody's Everybody so sensitive. Everybody's so soft nowadays. But it's, it's, it's just the way society Bro, is. Bro, say whatever you want. Who gives a damn? Let the mob attack. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. The Breakfast Club. Checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line right now. Yes, Bishop T.D. Jakes. Welcome, sir. Good morning, Bishop. Thank you. It's a real pleasure. How's it going, Charlemagne? Good morning. Hi, everybody. How's it Man, going? Man, I've been, uh, me and my wife been getting up on Sunday mornings and, and turning, turning you on and just really enjoying the words that you are giving to people during this coronavirus pandemic, man. Yesterday, the shock of suffering, incredible, my brother. Incredible, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. I'm really trying to say things that help to guide people through the turbulence that we have never seen in our country before. What do you say to people right now that this is really testing your faith? I see a lot of people are losing faith. They're saying if if God actually exists, why would he put this on his people? And, you know, should we still believe? How do you believe when you see babies dying and elderly people dying? What do you say to those people that are losing their faith right now? He hates this you question, know, by it, the way. It's, it's funny. I, I mentioned that in my sermon. I, it, is the, <laughs> it is the most common question that we always get. First of all, I don't see... I live in a different world, but I don't see a lot of people losing their faith. My numbers are higher than they've ever been in the history of our ministry. I see a lot of people reaching out to something to hold on to, to comfort them, to ease them from their trauma and pain. To those that do feel like they are losing their faith, I'm not sure they ever understood the Christian faith because the Christian faith is quite obvious and open about suffering. It is not a success gospel. The emblem of our faith is a cross, and God did not spare his own son from suffering. So we have never really alluded in Scripture 
to the fact that having faith in God it causes us to escape suffering. But he has fellowship with us in the midst of the suffering, and he joins us. He supports one in the fire. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. When you pass through the waters, he said, I'll be with you. He never said you wouldn't pass through it. He said, when you go through it, I'll be with you. And Bishop mm. T.D. Jakes, you said this is a great time for people to get closer to each other also, right? I, it's very important for us to get closer to each other, not close in the sense of uh, physicalities. No. We have to respect distance as it relates to physicalities. But we can be closer by phone, by kindness, by thoughtful deeds, by going to the grocery store for elderly people who are shut in, uh, by serving those people who are serving us on the front lines in the hospitals, trying to make things easier for them, maybe babysitting their kids so that they can be at work. There's a whole lot of things that can be done to make things better. Bishop, I've been uh, I've been telling everybody that God is trying to tell us something right now, and now is the time for us to be still and listen to God. So I wonder, what is what has God told you that you haven't shared yet? You know, uh, I don't know that I haven't shared it, but I think that our world has become increasingly arrogant, uh, narcissistic, self-consumed, mm. tribalistic, fighting about everything. I mean, race, uh, politics, age, mm -hmm. millennials against boomers. We, we, we're caught up in, and then we get this common enemy that has no respect for any of those divisions. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing like a common enemy to make us unite. And I'm hopeful that we will have the good sense to come out of our tribes and unite and fight this common invisible enemy that threatens all of humanity, not just America, all of humanity. Have you seen some you know, of these churches that's, that's not shutting down and, and still opening up and, and putting people in danger? What, what do you think about some of those places, those places of worship? I've seen a few of them, and with the exception of a few of them that live in rural areas where they're not dealing with the pandemic at this present moment. There might be some room for uh, controversy about their choice. But for the broader population, I think it's just foolish to put your flock in that kind of danger uh, and in the name of faith, when in fact, uh, even Jesus did not tempt God. He didn't, uh, Satan brought him up to the high mountain and said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. God will take care of you. And Jesus resisted that. And I think the church should resist the temptation to flaunt our faith and say that we, we're proving our faith by tempting uh, our faith. So what do you tell your congregation? If, if the pastor comes and the pastor says, look, God will protect you from coronavirus. You got to have faith. Just come to church. What would you tell a person who's a believer? A believer that you can believe at home, you can read at home, you can stream at home, and you can use common sense. <laughs> right. That your pastor is not a dictator. He doesn't control you. We've got pastors dying. We know several people who have gone to services, and, and a great bulk of them are now infected with the virus as a result of that idea. This isn't something that we don't have data on. This is happening right in our cities right now. We've got dead bishops, pastors, elders, who did that? We've got people who came right. to open events and are suffering for it. Why do we have to keep repeating the same thing to learn a lesson that we can take from someone else? That's right. Uh, Sunday is Easter Sunday. Do you have what do you have planned for uh, Easter? We're gonna, you know, we normally do a big pageantry thing, and we have a big play and a musical and a drama and all of that. And we're gonna have some aspects of it, but it's all gonna be online. 
I'm not doing anything in the main service. I don't want our members in harm's way. Uh, I'm trying to distance ourselves. We can't do the parking lot thing. Our parking lot won't hold the distance that's necessary to be able to do that. So we're going to enjoy it online like we have everything else and keep it moving. And I want to say something else. The first Easter service didn't have a crowd either. They didn't have Mm. a big service and they didn't have a choir. They didn't have a praise team and they didn't have dancers. When Jesus came out of the grave, there wasn't a bunch of people around. So Easter doesn't lose its meaning because we have less crowds and we don't wear big hats. All right, we got more with Bishop T.D. Jakes. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club is back. Yeah, back. Yo, back where I want to be. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking with Bishop T.D. Jakes. Charlemagne? Who pastors Bishop T.D. Jakes at a time like this? Who keeps your anxiety from going through the roof? Uh, well, my, I have a pastor. Bishop Sherman Watkins in Columbus has been my pastor almost all my life. He's 80-some years old, and uh, he's a great, great person in my life. But I also get inspiration from everybody around me. I draw inspiration from little children on up. I draw inspiration from people who keep on fighting. I'm particularly inspired by the first responders who are putting their lives at risk fighting something that we don't have a lot of details about, putting their families at risk to be on the job, willing to die to fight to keep us alive. Those kinds of stories inspire me. They motivate me. They challenge me to try to be a better person. Uh, All of that together collectively. And then I have a Bible. And as long as I have a Bible, I can find inspiration. We've seen a lot of issues, like you said, with people being at home right now, with couples going through it, and the rise in people questioning about their marriages, their relationships. What advice do you have for couples who are at home right now and who are going through it? Uh, don't allow the issue to make you to make you attack the individual. Let's be mature enough to understand it is the issue that's got us angry, that's got us angst, not the individual. Avoid pushing each other's buttons. Avoid talking about things that you know are going to lead to arguments. Uh, Let's get on the same team. Again, we need unity, and we don't have unity in our houses. You have to fight this as a team. You have to be on the same page about it, not trying to prove which one is right. It's not always important who's right or who's wrong. What's more important is that we get together and fight a common enemy. I want to talk about self-care for a second, Bishop. You know, not just from the mental health aspect, but physically. Who's keeping your body fresh, my brother? You shave your own head? Because this is why I got a hoodie on now. I can't see my barber right now. So let me tell you something. I decided to shave mine off. I'm down to a goatee because I didn't even want anybody up shaving me, not up that close. I want to maintain my distance right now. And uh, they're still learning things about this, and I don't want nobody breathing all over me uh, right now. So I shaved mine off, and so for better or for worse, I did this to myself. Now, Bishop. This is the time that we're having to go back to doing things for ourselves. But Bishop, I let, I let my wife do mine. You see, I let my wife do mine. She's the only one that can get in this vicinity. So she, I figured my wife could do makeup. She could do my goatee. And it looks good, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your makeup you do your baldy too, too, Bishop? I shave my I shave my head. I shave my, I had a beard if you will remember. I cut my beard yeah. off to make this easier to manage. I got in the mirror. I did it myself. This is one thing about coming from the generation that I came from. 
we're used to doing things uh, ourselves. I came from there the you go. I can solder, I can plumb, I can iron, I can cook, I can make cornbread <laughs> without jiffy. We're right. used to surviving, and those skills are really, really helping us. And the younger generation is having to learn how to do that. The restaurants are closed. That's true. You got to break down and get some skillets out right now. <laughs> now Bishop, mm-hmm. I, I, I was right. talking to my dad, and I told my dad, I was like, you know, toilet paper selling out. He was like, well, you know, we used to use newspaper. He said, you just wet a little newspaper, and if there's no toilet paper, that's what you use. I said, well, what about water? He said, you boil water. I said, you're right, Dad. You're right. <laughs> a lot of people got bidets now, too. You can learn something from old folks. <laughs> <laughs> you all can teach us how to run these computers, and we can teach you how to make cornbread with water. <laughs> That's right. A- a- another question, Bishop, because I've been seeing you do all of these uh, these hits on television and stuff, and you're always sitting at that desk. Lord, forgive me for answering this question. Do you wear pants, or do you just throw the jacket on what? with the top? Or do you wear what? basketball shorts? I don't know. How comfortable are you? What are you talking about? Let me tell you something funny. I was going to have my pajamas on, but for fear that you were going to ask me that question, <laughs> I actually have on some black jeans. I knew you were going to ask me that. Some told me, you better put on some pants. So, so Charlamagne doesn't have on any pants right now, as you can see. I got on basketball shorts. So, you, so, so usually, let me see, Bishop. You got, <laughs> what the hell is... Goodness gracious. So usually, you, so usually you wear pajama pants when you're doing these hits. Sometimes, sometimes, because they're so early in the morning. We're an hour right. earlier than you. So yes, sir. Sometimes I, I can't I, believe you know, I'm just, just dressed from the waist up. Let me get myself together here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My goodness. Now, Bishop. But, uh, yeah, I'm here. I was going to ask, before you leave, can you can you leave us on a prayer, please? I, please, I can you, Bishop? Right now. That's a real stretch from pajamas to prayer, but I'll try to make it. <laughs> hey, we move fast on this show, Bishop, from ratchet to righteous. You know how we do. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Father, I recognize that right now that there are bodies locked up in 18-wheelers with no place to go. I realize that there are people who have lost loved ones and can't attend the funeral. I realize that there are people who are hooked up to respirators and the family can't even hold their hand. I know that the pain and the pressure of this moment is overwhelming. Jobs have been lost. Income has been compromised. Families are in distress. Trouble is everywhere. And I pray, God, that as only you can do, that you would comfort and guide and lead our people through the turbulence. I pray for those who seem to be oblivious to what's going on, that you would mature them and wake them up before they have to learn in the most horrific way that this is a serious problem. I pray for our government, our leadership. I pray for our manufacturing companies. I pray for the countries around the world that we would come together on one accord and fight this globally and cohesively without the spirit of division. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Bishop, I just want to tell you, man, I, I sincerely mean this. I really, really love you, man, and, and, I, and I love your sermons, and I love how you just are bringing people together at a time like this. And I want to encourage all couples to watch. What, what was the sermon you did with your wife? I can't. It's slipping my mind right now. The name of it. Model home. Yes. Model home. Oh man, I loved it, man. Me and my wife watched that. And if you're a, if you're a couple and you're with your wife right now and you're at the house and you quarantine together, I promise you, if you watch that, you'll come out of this with a much stronger relationship, man. Model home. Please watch that. Thirty-eight years. We've All been right. at it thirty-eight years. Well, thank you, Bishop T.D. Jakes, for joining you. us. Thank I you so you much. We appreciate Stay you. Out there. Stay out there. Keep doing what you're doing. You're making a difference. 
in many cases, you are the preachers that your generation hears. Understand that responsibility. Thank you for being on the wall, pumping positive stuff to us right now. We need each and every one of us to be with one accord. Hang in there. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bishop. Thank, Thank you, you, Bishop. So Blessings, brother. Have a great day. Now. The right. Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about Karens, and we're asking, what's the craziest encounter you had with a Karen? Now, this comes from a story I was reading on Ball Alert, where uh, a lady uh, ran up on this other lady's house because she had a Black Lives Matter flag on her lawn. Now, I've had situations, mm-hmm. you know, I ride my bike a lot, and sometimes we ride through all different neighborhoods, and a couple of times, you know, uh, white people have shouted out to me, get out my neighborhood, uh, called us the N-word a couple of times, but I just, you know, call them words back. So we're asking, and now you, you had uh, some situations, right? Yeah, but it was never anything like when people film, you know, people coming at them and doing all, I've never had a situation that I definitely had people call me the N-word on a few different occasions, but it's never been anything that escalated. Yeah, no, nah, that never escalates. That might be but. because of me, though, because I'm definitely not the escalation type of person. I'll mm. just laugh and be like, all right. All right, well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? This is Ashley from St. Augustine. So, Ashley, we're asking, what's the craziest encounter you had with a, uh, a Karen? So, while I was at work, one of our patients came up to me, and she was like, hey, what do you guys like to be called? I know it's not n- Whoa. And what did you say? <laughs> oh, my God. I was just like, Ashley would do. I mean, that would be great. Our name, you know, would be awesome. Thank you. Wow, Ashley, nice that and calm. Was nice of you. Yeah, that was nice and calm. That could have went that left. Calm. <laughs> I was just like, listen, I'm not losing my job today. Just, you know, got to run right. with it. Wow. That's crazy. You know, what do you do? Sometimes people be doing, sometimes people try it. Like, they do stuff on purpose. And, and what do you do, Ashley? I think, I think that she wanted to use the word. And I was like, oh, like, well, let me form it in a question and I'll get away with using the word. So you could have said, well, what is your name, ma'am? Because I know you don't like to be called crack-ass cracker. You should have said that back. Well, I I'm, turning in, <laughs> I'm turning into Charlemagne. I mean, that just made me so upset. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> We over right, here on this when proud. they go he low, we go high vibe, right? No. Yeah, he would be proud. We vibe high. Hello, who's this? Hey, peace and blessings. How you guys doing today, man? I got Hey, Sean hey, Stone. Hang up. Right. Ask him, what's the craziest encounter you had with a Karen, bro? So, you know I'm, I'm living in Jersey, right? So, I'm yep. driving on the parkway. So, you know, on the parkway, you're supposed to go fast or drive up your car. So I blow my horn as soon as I got on the parkway because there was a car in front of me. So for some reason, I tried to go around the lady now. She hopped in the middle lane. So I said, all right, let me go to the left lane. Then she hopped in the left lane and stepped on her brake, bro. So then I said, you know what? Let me slow down. I go around her and I keep some rocks in my car. I just threw what? the rocks in her window, man, and it sped off, man. You know Sean Stone don't mess with nobody. Now, Sean, I go front, Is that what they call you, Sean Stone? (laughs) Now, Sean Stone, you keep rocks in your car just for the purpose of throwing them at people? Well, not just the purpose of throwing it at people. Just the purpose of throwing at people that doing road rage on the road. Now, Sean... You can't be acting stupid. Yes, sir. I want to applaud you because I used to do the same thing. I used to keep pennies or or old McDonald uh, cups in my car back in the day. I used to do that all the time. But I grew up. I realized that I'm if saying, I throw something I'm at somebody's saying. car, they could pull out a gun and shoot at me. So I said, you but know envy, what? Let me grow up, envy. breathe, and let it go. 
That's true. But Envy, she's stepping on her brake. She's trying to harm my life, my brother. We are on the parkway speeding. And she's right, but if, stepping on her brake. I but if you throw a rock, her, let's say you threw a rock, right? It hit a windshield. And it broke it her crashed, windshield. It, now you're wrong. And died. Well, well, no, I see your, your, your point. You know what I mean? I don't want nobody <laughs> oh to die. See that? You got to well, think yo, about that. I thought about that, too. Sean, no stone. Yeah, you wanted me to die. You were stepping on the brake. All right, Sean Stone. Sean Stone, uh, well, I, you, I don't think you should throw rocks out the window at people anymore. Back, could, back, you could... back in the day, I would do that. Mm-hmm. I would do something stupid like that. But I, you know, Sometimes I, I wish I had something in my car to throw, and I thank God I didn't. True. Hello, who's this? This is Elliot. Elliot, good morning. Hey, good morning, DJ Angelique. Good morning. We're asking, what's the craziest <laughs> encounter you had with a, a, a Karen? I kind of had the same encounter you had. I worked for Amazon, and I'm driving through the neighborhood, and it was called an uh, N-word, right? And I was just thinking about what you said about how you rode the bike through the neighborhood. And one thing that was on my mind is I wish I could have went back to that neighborhood and bought property there. Yeah. You had the money to do it. So if you find something in that neighborhood... I hope you go pay for it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It, that, that happened one time too. I was looking. Uh, I was looking at this property in a nice area in Jersey, and and it was crazy because I had my wife and I think I had Madison with me, my daughter, and I was looking at this property, and a neighbor called the police and said that I was vandalizing the property, and um, wow. I tried to buy that property. Somebody outbid me, but I was going to buy that property. And I was just going to rent it out to everybody I know from the hood for free. I was going to charge a dollar a month for rent just to piss the neighbors off. But I didn't win that property. But, Emma, you live in a nice neighborhood now. Mm-hmm. You think I do. They don't stop you. I, I, no, they don't. I got a restaurant called Fourth and One. I'm opening right now because I'm trying to get build my wealth. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio. Fourth and One restaurant. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I go there. Nice we got to check it out. I live in a nice neighborhood now, but they don't... My neighbors are, are cool. They know who I am. They don't bother me. The police know who I am. Everybody's cool in my neighborhood, but every once in a while, you got to curse somebody out. But that's 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 life, you know? But uh, my neighbors are cool. Really cool. No problem. It here. sucks that that's life, man. It sucks that life is every now and then, if somebody doesn't know who you are and you're a black person in a nice neighborhood, you might got to curse somebody out. Yeah, one of, one of my friends who uh, got on my bike, borrowed my bike, he rode his bike to Dunkin' Donuts to get a coffee. And on the way back, uh, a little white kid was like, uh, called the police 911. It was like, this is black guy stealing a bike in the neighborhood. And, you know, we had to yell at that little kid it, it, and scare him. But um, other than that, I haven't had it's no It's crazy because that don't happen to white people. Like, white people never are told, like, what are you doing in this neighborhood? Nobody's ever calling the cops on them because they Speak look like yourself. they don't belong. Speak for yourself. I definitely called the cop on uh, on a white kid one time. He he rang my doorbell. He looked crazy. I called. I said, it looks like there's a white guy out there. He looks like he's on meth. It looks like he's on well, crack. Well, he rang your doorbell. I think that's different. It was 4 o'clock in the morning. Some... It was 4 right. in the morning I'm saying that's different. Scared. That's different. But I'm saying being somewhere, just the act oh, of no. walking down the street or riding a bike. No. Mm-mm. All right. That well. doesn't happen. No, not at all. All right. We got more coming up next. We're The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have a special guest on the line. And one of only two members that, that have ever smoked on The Breakfast Club, and he's smoking right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Snoop Dogg. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning. Good morning. No, what's the first? Do you pray first or smoke first when you I get pray. up in the morning? Okay. I pray. All right. I pray that I, I pray that I can see another day and uplift some more spirits and some more souls. And I pray that the rest of my family is still alive when I'm alive, when I get up. There you go. 
We've seen a very interesting versus battle the other night. Very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, wasn't the battle supposed to be you and Buster at first? What happened with that? And was that ever supposed to happen? Yeah, that was definitely supposed to happen. But, you know, we had some uh, things that was preventing it from happening. It just was a lot going on. But for the most part, I really, really, me and Buster Rhymes, we really, really, really wanted that, like, bad. Like, because we love each other. We got great history together. We got stories of us being on the road together. So it was going to be a real positive celebration to, to show our music and our skills. But when that didn't happen, DMX was on his way to California already to work with Swiss Beats. So the idea came with, shoot, since X is coming this way, dog for dog. Right. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like a, a, a real showdown because I always had a love and a respect for X. And I remember when he was running the rap game for two years straight and I had to take the back seat to him. So I felt like this would be a very interesting battle because I had the rap game in the palm of my hands at one time, and he did as well. Do you remember the first time you met X? Yeah, man. It, it, it was at Javarga Square, man. Javarga at a concert I did mm-hmm. way back in the days. And uh, he reminded me. He reminded me because he told the story of how he created the song Get At Me, Dog. Yeah, he heard you say it. Yeah. Exactly. And that like kind of like threw me off. It blew my mind because it's like you don't realize how much you influence the hip-hop world until somebody keeps it real and says that. Now, when you're doing your verses and you look at all the lyrics, right? Because I'm, I'm, you know, we we vibe and we watching you on TV, we singing the songs, but it's a different feeling now. When I got the kids running around, I'm like, yo, get out the room, get out the room, because it almost felt like, damn, I, I didn't know Snoop said that back then. I didn't know DMX said that back then, but it was so natural. But now, bro, it, it just seems a little. It's like, wow, I can't believe Snoop said that. I can't believe DMX did a song about that. But you know what? That's the era that we come from. We were so blunt. And all we knew was what we knew. No, that's real. Cultural context matters. That's why I said all the woke motherfuckers, y'all stay over there while Snoop and DMX <laughs> doing their <laughs> shit, all right? Because when you let bitches ain't shit fly, I said, God damn, Snoop the realest shit gonna lie. And, 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 and I saw all the woke people, especially the woke sisters, was vibing to it, too. They couldn't fake it because it's something about if it feels good to you, it must be good for you. It wasn't aimed at you, you, or you. It was just an expression that we had, and you caught it because you felt like that sometimes, like DMX said. Man, I play this record every time my baby mama, my fiance, every time she get on my nerves, I play this record right here. I'm like, man, because he knew all the lyrics, and it threw me off. Like, when you're a rapper, you don't expect another rapper to know all your lyrics from 27 years ago. Right. Yeah, you look genuinely shocked. I didn't know what that was for. I didn't know if that was because it was DMX. Cause I, I don't know if it was an East Coast thing. Like, damn. Because the East Coast got people didn't like to give it up for the West Coast artists like that back then. But now I guess it's cool. I think that's probably what it was because I know when we dropped the Chronic album, we basically shook up the whole industry. Mm-hmm. And my mission was to impress the East Coast. So I wanted to make a stamp to where they would respect me, appreciate me, and love me because every time I came to the Big Apple, if I seen an EPMD, a KRS-One, an LL Cool J, Kid Capri, whoever the f- I seen, I made it a must to break through security and go tell them, I love y'all, I f- with y'all, I'm a fan, even if I was bigger than them at the time. And that's why I felt like my relationships with some of these rappers on the East has always been solidified by me being genuine and saying, I love you, cuz. You, you, you spoke in the battle, too, how you wrote for Dr. Dre. But then you also let other people write for you. Which one do you prefer? I like them both. I'll give you a great story. Me and the DOC, this one of the greatest writers in hip-hop. We're in here writing this song, struggling with this beat. We can't come up with shit. It's like the fourth day. Dr. Dre 
fly a from New York into L.A. We all in the studio. 30 minutes later, that shit is done. He wrote Dre and my shit, and it was flawless. And me and D.O.C. was like, well, looks like this outstruck us on this one. So we're going to take the back seat, and I'm going to accept it. And it was still Dre, and it was Jay-Z, and he wrote the whole fucking song. How was that session? Because that is such a West Coast beat. That's such a West Coast feel. Like, when you think of West Coast music as a DJ, that's the first record, one of the first records you go to besides G-Thing. So how was that session, him writing on feeling like that West Coast? Well, Jay-Z is a, a great writer to begin with for himself. So imagine him striking up for somebody that he truly loves and, and, and appreciates. So he loves Dr. Dre. That's what his pen showed you. Yeah, people was wondering why you didn't play it. Because it's not my record and Jay-Z wrote it. I, I wouldn't have got a point if a New York <laughs> would have slid on that chat and been like, no, nah, Jay-Z. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I was to go up against Hov, I think he would play that on me like, <laughs> please, 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 please. And I'd be like, oh, no, you cheating, girl. You can't do that. I remember there was a rumor back in the day that that Hov was a, a sneaky crip. You know what? He got sly lines, you know what I'm saying? He be getting his little walk on with his with his literature, you know what I'm saying? We read between the lines. Like, we got lingo that he really identifies with us on some real slick grip. You know what I'm talking about? I got to ask you this. Even though the versus battle is a celebration, right, and you and DMX are cool, when you were doing the battle, are there certain rounds you felt like you didn't win? Yeah. When I dropped deep cover, I thought I was strong right off the gate. And then a nigga hit me with a poem going into his shit about a drive-by, and then it says something about something, something, all you do is talk about a drive-by, and all you do is just drive-by. Boom, and the music came on. I was like, damn, I lost that with the setup <laughs> and the, and the over, overhand right and the whole nine. You know what I'm saying? I, I go with shit like that. I go with style points. I go with how you set the song up, how emotional the song is, what's the feedback, what's the feel, and did the song make me get up? You may get that point, or I may lose half a point for being so into your shit. Yeah, I mean, the thing about you and X, man, we both love y'all spirit. Yeah. So so it's like X music is great, and you just love X, and you root for X. Same thing with you, but that music, man, that stuff y'all was making, man, those are weapons of mass destruction. It's just, it's just different levels to me. You got to look at what Dr. Dre was always up against. He was never like the greatest producer in the world when he was with NWA, and he was making the greatest music in the world, but they wasn't giving him that. So when he finally got a chance to get with Death Row Records and have a breath of fresh air, some new MCs and a, a new new light, he was definitely going to show his ass. And from that point on, I feel like Dr. Dre put his stake down as like, I'm the dopest producer in hip-hop. I don't give a f where you from. You can't f with me. Everything I put out spent off and spent off something tremendous. And I started careers that ain't never died. You ain't put out a nigga from the West, a from the Midwest, a from the East, and all of them successful? Yeah. Eminem. White rappers had zero respect in rap. He has probably put Eminem in a position where he could be labeled as one of the top 10 rappers ever. I don't think so, but the game feels like he's top 10 lyricists and all that that comes with it, but that's just because he's with Dr. Dre, and Dr. Dre helped him find the best Eminem that he could find. I respect Eminem, and I can see why people would have him in his top 10, top 5. I personally don't. You've been, around, you've been around a long time. Why don't you have him in your top 10? Because there's some niggas in the 80s that he can't f with. Like who? Like Rakim, like Big Daddy Kane. Yes, sir. Like KRS-One, like LL Cool J, like Ice Cube. Yeah, the 80s don't get the respect it deserves, and it's weird because the 80s bred superstars like yourself, like Biggie, 
like Wu Tang Clan, like Nas. Like I wonder why that why why that eighties that 80s class don't get that respect when they talking about well, top tens and top fives and all that. Well, when we came, we tried to take them out. That's why. But a lot of us gave them respect. And then a lot of us really wanted their spot. Just like now. What the little niggas do now to us? Y'all niggas ain't goats. We the OGs. We the goats. We this. So it's like, that's what the game is built about. Hip-hop is a young man's game. It's not an old man's game. All right, we got more with Snoop Dogg. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Snoop Dogg. Charlamagne? Man, Snoop, I laughed so damn hard when you posted that meme about Queen Jada Pinkett Smith bringing herself to the red table talk when it said when Jada cheated on Willis like she cheated on all of us. Did you even hesitate to post that? Like, let me not be petty. that. that. Teddy Riley to the Teddy Riley to the table. Quit playing, Charlamagne. You know every moment we get to be motherfucking petty. Like if you don't knock it off as, as much as you be doing on the petty <laughs> and I'm firing off every chance I get. You drag me to the table and made me spill my heart out and pour my soul out to you. Now I need to get my get back. <laughs> <laughs> they brought you to the principal's office, man. Red Table Talk. Man, the they had office. me triple teamed in there with the little <laughs> sis, grandma, and her. I was like, man, I, this ain't going to end well. I better, I better fix my time. I'm not going to leave here. <laughs> Now, Snoop, last time you were up here, I think it was uh, last August, you talked about the Kardashians, and you said Travis Scott better get out and Kanye West better get out. What did you know that the world didn't know at that time? That that movie Get Out had some similarities to that house. Mm -hmm. And I don't like not nobody or whatever how they get out, but I'm just looking at the statistics of the men that come in and how they leave. And <laughs> it, just, it just ain't right. Like, I'm not picking on nobody. I'm just saying it's just something strange going on over there. I've been invited over there a couple of times. I ain't never went. That says a lot, though, Snoop, because you, you, you a person that, you know, you, you tend to kick it with a little bit of everybody. And I'm cool with Chloe, my homegirl. Uh, I love Kendall. Kylie cool with me. I don't know the uh, Courtney and Kim have like a, like a you know, because I keep it real, so they kind of like this with me. You know what I'm saying? So, right. but... And, then, and the moms is cool as hell with me. So I ain't got no issues with nobody in that house. I'm just giving you my perspective of it yeah. sure looks strange when a nigga leave that motherfucker. He don't come out the same way. Well, you know what, Snoop, you did get some backlash for being in the studio with Kanye, right? After you had... Well, let, let, me, let me say this. Mm -hmm. Dr. Dre called me to the studio because Dr. Dre was producing Kanye's album. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. I may be spilling the beans, but I'm going to clear this shit up. Mm -hmm. Dr. Dre called me to come get on the project that he was doing with Kanye. So I said, I'll do anything for you, Dr. Dre. When I get there, cuz is there. He playing me his shit. It's sounding good. The, the mind sound like he right. He in the right spirit. He rapping his shit. The shit he's saying is spiritual is dope. And I'm telling you back. He like, I want to get you on something. No problem. Put my thing down for the spirit. I'm going to give you that because it's hip hop. And I was with you before you went crazy. And it looked like you back to being normal again. So I'm going to give you that. Did, did, did that conversation ever come up with you and Kanye? Did any of, that, any of that come up? Did you have to tell him how you feel about any of that he was doing? Man, one thing about me and Kanye, we've been real since we've been real with each other. And certain, certain things don't even need to be discussed. That wasn't the moment or the time or the mode. It was, he was happy to see me. I was happy to see him. And it was a brotherhood. It wasn't about what we did in the past. It was about let's move forward and try to get to what we had. And when I sized him up and seen his mental and, and what he was on and what he was spitting, I was like, he got his together. So... I can get out with him because it's been times in the past where I've been asked to f with him and I was like, I ain't f with him. 
Pac was a Gemini, Kanye is a Gemini. Are, are there any similarities between them as artists and, 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 I, and I guess people? That work ethic, they both got that same kill instinct in the studio. Those is killers. Now that you said that, I feel a lot of Kanye is Tupac with his aggression and his energy. It's just Tupac knew how to aim it differently. Like, it used to be a time where Kanye was a perfectionist at telling stories and expressing what he felt. And then it just feels like now he's like, he's losing the message behind what is real and what's fake. Like, you got to really push what you're speaking on. And in the past, you really knew what you were speaking to. And you could be asked questions about it, and you could answer intelligently. Now when a nigga asks you questions, his answer this nigga given nowadays is like, damn, what in history book this reading out of? <laughs> Have you been watching Corrupt on Mary's Boot Camp at all? Sad. We tried to get him help, you know what I'm saying? But you got to want to help yourself. So with that being said, I watched the show, disappointed. Don't like how they got my nigga out there. But he a grown-ass man, and I feel like this is going to help him see what we've been trying to tell him for the past three years. Cub, go get you some help. Get off that bottle. Get in the gym. Drink some water. You know what I'm saying? But when you're going through issues, you know, you lose your mother. Uh, you, you get divorced. It's like a lot of shit that's going on in his head that we wasn't prepared for when we left there for a record. We wasn't taught a lot of this shit. A lot of us started families and just had to figure it out. So, you know, we praying for him. I love him to death. And I just want to see him get some help. And hopefully this television show can help him get some help. Right. It sounds like Corrupt got a lot of unresolved trauma that he probably needs therapy for. And, you know, I'm, I'm a praying man, too, but I believe in therapy as well. Is, is therapy something you believe in, Snoop? Definitely. That's a lot of issues in the black communities that we don't admit that we have mental issues and we need therapy. We need conversation. We need expression. We need to, to be able to get off what we hold on to. And I said that earlier. We like to let build up and then we take it out on the wrong person. And that goes with therapy. If you have therapy, then you may be able to express and scream and yell at your therapist and get that out and go back home and have a basic conversation as opposed to arguing all the time at home. Have you ever sat down with a therapist? A couple of times. I no. went to a marriage counselor before. You got to do things to keep the together. And sometimes it don't work with y'all conversation because you got your views, she got her views. You know what I'm saying? You need somebody to step in the middle and be like, you was wrong as a mother. Man, you've been a superstar for a long time, Snoop, and people think you just naturally cool. They think it's the weed. They say, man, Snoop always happy. I can look at Snoop and hear Snoop talk and tell Snoop did the work on himself. I can tell Snoop been to therapy. I can see you got God in your life. How did you get to that space? How did you not lose yourself in the, in the industry? I had it all taken away from me. You know, I was the dopest in the world. My record came out doggy style. I was in the, I'm in the Guinness Book of World Records. For the first debut artist to debut number one, all kind of little bullshit to come with it. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I had all of that riding high, and then that shit was just taken away. I'm fighting for my life, a murder case. Then when I beat the murder case, my friend gets killed. Label falls apart. Label comes after me. I'm getting death threats. This want my life. I have no money, no label, no friends. Some of the homies turned on me because they was paid off. So it was stripped. So I had to find myself then. Am I going to go... Stupid gangster and kill up all of these Am well, I gonna find me and get in tune with God and find my spirit and my real reason to be here? You you gotta tell me about the first time you went to therapy and what made you go, man. The first time I went to therapy, I was having anger issues and I just wanted some help. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't want to talk to nobody black. I wanted to get a different perspective on me. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't think that that was racist by me saying it. I think it was just I needed a different opinion and evaluation because I've been getting the same 
Nobody gives a f He's I Snoop Dogg. He's a star. I did the same thing. I wanted to talk. They'll excuse everything. You know, pay this off, buy this. I wanted somebody to tell me the truth on where I'm f***ing up at, where I need to tighten up at, where am I leaking at, what is my spirit, what's my purpose? And to tune in with somebody who didn't know me and for me to just open myself up and say all the wrong and the that I did, it helped me find a way to just be honest. That's real. Bro. Did you did you and Gail King ever talk? Never. And I reached out numerous times, put the invitation out, and I still got it open. So I don't want to put no pressure on her or stress her to do it, but whenever she's ready, I'm ready. It wasn't personal. It just was a reaction to my, my friend. Kobe Bryant was my friend, man. And mm -hmm. At that time, I wasn't trying to hear nobody say nothing bad about him. And that's just that. All right, when we come back, we got more with Snoop Dogg. Let's get into a Snoop Dogg mini mix. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. That was a Snoop Dogg mini mix. Snoop's still in the building. Charlamagne? What, what happened to your store, Snoop? Wasn't you opening up a, a, a storefront called Snoop Dogg? Yes, it's coming. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to put that out there right now. I think I want to wait until... You know, civilization get back to being civilized. You know what I'm saying? Right now, we're slanging it online right now. You can buy products online on SnoopDog.com or, you know, the SnoopMarket.com. You can get that. Yeah, I mean, you're such a Los Angeles landmark, man. I feel like you need to have a, a destination location when people come to L.A. Nipsey used to always talk about, God bless the dead, Nipsey used to always talk about uh, they should have like a Snoop land, like a, 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 a amusement park. Uh -huh. <laughs> he did. Though. He used to always tell me that. Man, like, uh, you need to put together a motherfucking doggy land, cuz, but they got 40 ounce roller coasters and all kind of hood <laughs> in there. They selling uh, house shoes. And I'm like, cuz, I don't get it. But when you come, when y'all come to LA, y'all got to come to my facility, the compound, what we did, the versus battle. Mm -hmm. I think I have my doggy land. Hey, everybody talking about how you've done pretty much everything and done so much. So, what is there left for Snoop to do? Like, what is still on your bucket list? Yeah, well, right now, for the past three years, I've been working with the special stars, special needs kids. So we got the Snoop special stars. Y'all know I got my football league, Snoop's uh, youth football league. We got kids in the NFL, college, high school doing their thing. But we started the Snoop special stars about three years ago to deal with special needs kids. And I tell you, this is some of the most beautiful shit you'd ever want to see in your life. Mm -hmm. To see a special needs kid come out there and be very, very bashful. Then all of a sudden we get to coaching him and playing with him and talking to him and visiting him in time. And then before you know it, that kid comes out their shell and they dance and having a good time and celebrating. and they doing things that normal kids do. And it puts a smile on the parents' face. We have older people in the league. It's not just for kids. It's Snoop special stars. So we had a banquet that we did where we made them all dress up and we gave them all awards. So we had a particular part of the show. We brought a, a guy named Tommy the Clown who's a dancer out here. He came in dancing, and it was one guy, a 77-year-old man, and he got up and he was dancing, and the dancing was over, and he still was dancing. And when the night was over, his wife came to me, and she said, baby, my husband ain't got up and danced in over 30 years. Wow. You have touched his spirit. And I swear to God, I started crying. It was so deep. And there's no cameras on it. It's to put the spirit back into the community of the special needs. Have you ever had one of the special needs kids ask you to hit the weed? No, but one of the little n****s like, hey, what's up with you and Suge Knight? That n*** is still on your head? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the f*** is you talking about? You supposed to be special needs and you ask me some <laughs> like that. Get your ass out of this, out of this class. There ain't nothing wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Snoop, I'm glad that you're going to be on that No Limit doc too, man, because I feel like that's a part of your life that, that doesn't get told enough. Man, do you realize that that saved my life? Like, Masterpiece saved my life? 
I was going to put an album out called F*** Death Row. And Mac-10 was going to give me a million dollars to put it out. It was going to be on Who Banging Records. No. And, and Who Banging Records and No Limit Records was all up under Priority Records and Ice Cube label. So I would go up there to see Mac-10. And when I would go up there, I would have to pass by Master P's uh, No Limit to get to Mac-10. I passed by one day, Mystical in there. He like, what's up? I'm like, what's up? I f*** with you. I f*** with you. We're going to be at the studio tonight. Come by. All right, cool. I come by the studio. Get on the song. Master P like, how much you want for the song? In my mind, I'm like, I'm broke right now. I ain't getting no money. Give me 15. But I'm thinking like 1500 because I just need something. I come back the next day. Master P wrote me a check for 35000 So I'm like, oh, I like this style. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So now he called me to his office. He said, what you working on? I said, I got this album called Death Row. It's my heart. He like, hold on, bro. He closed the door. And I'm like, man, you ain't going to live to see that album come out. He said, don't do that, bro. You can't make no record talking about Death Row and Sugar, man. You got to let that go, man. He said, let me let me give you, let me give, let me make an offer to you. Let me make a proposal to you. My own boy, Marvin Watkins, rest in peace was the middleman to this. Mm-hmm. And him and Marvin put together a play that sounded good, and then flew me to New Orleans. And when I, I took my father, my cousin, Daz, and I think I took one more person with me. And this drove me around the neighborhood and said, pick any house you want. And at that time, I was living in a house that was under Suge Knight's name. All my cars, under Suge Knight's name. So for a to show me, damn, you could have your own sign on the dotted line I had to say, you know what? F- that. I'm going with this. So he was like, if you sign with me, you got to come down to New Orleans. You can't be out here. So I came, picked the house out, picked out a car for my wife, a car for me, got the house furnished, flew my wife and my kids to New Orleans. And three years later, I did that. What happened to that album? Like the songs on it? I don't know. <laughs> Some of them, you know, I used to live in a house. And when I moved out the house, I think some of that shit was just left there. When I went to No Limit, I bought a new studio, new everything, new car, new furniture. Like, all that shit in L.A., didn't, I didn't give a fuck about none of that shit. So the whole project, was it this record? The whole death row? Like, so it was aimed at, I'm assuming, Suge, and who else would it be aimed at? Whoever was over there, Woody. <laughs> Damn. Now, what made you what made you comfortable to leave New Orleans and say, now nah, I can go back to L.A.? What made you want to go back to L.A. and leave New Orleans? My first album... Everything was beautiful. I shot a movie. The record did double platinum. We was on tours. We was eating. Second album, No Limit Top Dog. I started double dutching back to L.A., calling on my L.A. producers more, and then going sneaking back, getting a song from this and a song from this just testing my feet out. The third record, The Last Meal, that's why I call it The Last Meal, because it's the last time motherfuckers was going to eat off of me. So my mission was to go back to L.A. on the last album and by the grace of God, Dr. Dre was working on The Chronic 2001. Wow. Dr. Dre had just found a white boy named Eminem. I was on my last album. Dre liked the that I had on my album, and he normally don't like my when it ain't his mm-hmm. And that mixed the whole album, No Limit. He mixed the whole album, The Last Meal. And me and him got our groove back, and I was like, man, No Limit got my spirit back, but that's the nigga I need to be in the car with. And Master P, at the third album, he was like, you can do what the fuck you want to do. You can go start your own label, do your... And I was like, you the realest guy I ever met, cuz. Because anybody else would have been like, you know I'm going to get 10% of 
override of everything you do from here on out because I put you back in the game. That didn't want no nothing from me. Let me get back with Dre. We did the motherfucking Chronic 2001. Eminem album came out. The Eastsiders album came out. We went on the Up and Smoke tour. Everything was back in pocket. It was like, come on, man. You know what that felt like when that thing came out. How did you, like you said, you was broke. How'd you go broke after doggy stuff? How about all the money was being given to me? It wasn't like a was going to his mailbox getting checks. It was like it was being dispersed. I was a young artist. Mm -hmm. So at that time, labels would give you money. You know, independent labels like Death Row, you know, 50000 a month. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that these is getting three, four 400000 a month off of me. But then I'm fighting a murder case. So they got to take those finances to fight the case and discoveries and evidence and this and that and that and that and this and, and shit that I don't know about. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So... All of that from you. Yeah, and I can't dispute it. Like, you fighting for my life. What I look like telling my lawyer, hey, man, they stealing money from me. They trying to get my life back. Wow. Well, Uncle Snoop, we appreciate you for joining us this morning. And so many gems, man. You can sit here and talk to Snoop forever. Y'all know I'm a big fan of the Breakfast Club. I asked to be on this motherfucking show. Y'all wasn't looking for me. I was looking for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we'll smoke together, I'll take two puffs. One. You got to get to two. You right, one. <laughs> now, I just want, hey, I just want to always salute you, Snoop, man, because you are an icon in this game, man. And you know, Absolutely. I don't like, I don't want to, I don't like celebrating people after they're gone. I want to celebrate them while you're here because, you know, just just for you to still be walking amongst us, a, a, a living legend for real, for real. It's like looking at Bigfoot, a Loch Ness monster. It's like, damn, that's Snoop, though. That's right. Hey, man, I treasure those moments that I, that I could give people that add on to this legacy. But I'm just doing God's work, and I'm here to do what I'm supposed to do. I found out how to master me, man. All right. Well, thank you, Uncle Snoop. We love you. Snoop D-O-W-G. Breakfast Club, Snoop Dogg. In the morning, the baby. Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. You get donkey of the day. Yeah, you dumb ass. You get donkey of the day. Yeah, you dumb ass. You are a donkey. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, huh? I'm going to fatten all that shit around your eye. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They waiting for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. They had to make a judgment of who was going to be on the Donkey of the Day. They chose you. Yes. The Breakfast Club, bitches. Who's Donkey of the Day today? Yes, Donkey of the Day goes to a young man named Fontrell Antonio Bates. Okay, he's 31 years old and resides in Los Angeles via Memphis, and he's a rapper. A rapper that I never heard of until this weekend. And if the first time you are hearing about a person is because they are receiving Donkey of the Day, just know that probably is never a good thing. Now, his rap name is Nuke Bizzle. Ring any bells for you, Envy? No. Anybody out there bumping that new Nick Nuke Bizzle drum that's hot in your parts? Never heard of him. Okay, okay. Uh, well, Nuke Bizzle, ladies and gentlemen, is just the latest in a long line of people who are going to jail for unemployment fraud this year. Now, I know we've been keeping track of all the COVID-19 cases in America this year, but we also need to be keeping track of all the unemployment fraud cases that have been happening. Okay, see, this is what I don't understand about the folks that are defrauding uh, people under the CARES Act. Y'all do realize what y'all doing is a crime, right? This is not the blessing you've been praying for, all right? You know how we say everything happens for a reason? Very true. But sometimes that reason is simply because you made a poor choice. And Nuke Bizzle absolutely made a poor choice. A couple poor choices. See, Nuke Bizzle was arrested after applying for more than 1.2 million in jobless benefits and using stolen identities in a scheme to fraudulently obtain unemployment insurance benefits. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I have to applaud this man for aiming high. Give him a little round of applause, just a little bit. 
I said, stop, stop, stop. Okay. Mm -mm. See, here's the thing. Uh, all of you who have participated in unemployment fraud, you're going to jail. Okay. Doesn't matter if you got one million or ten thousand, they coming for you. I'm telling you. Doesn't matter if you got that money and bought a Bentley or got that money and bought a single wide trailer. You're going to jail. They coming to lock your ass up at some point. So if you're going to take a penitentiary chance, you might as well shoot for the moon. And that's what Nuke Bizzle did with this $1.2 million that he applied for. Now, Nuke Bizzle couldn't just be content with getting this money. No, not in this era, okay? In this era, the crime isn't official until you get on social media and alert the feds about it, okay? FBI stands for Facebook, Instagram. And because of you fools, y'all need for digital validation, because of you fools' incessant desire for likes and retweets, y'all make the feds' job so Oh, easy. Okay, but it wasn't just social media and the internet that got Nuke Bizzle jammed up. See, Nuke Bizzle, as I told y'all, is a rapper. I repeat, Nuke Bizzle is a rapper. Let's go to CBS LA for the report, please. The Department of Justice says a rapper who bragged in a music video about getting rich from an unemployment scam is now facing federal charges. According to a criminal complaint, 31-year-old Fontrell Antonio Baines exploited the pandemic unemployment assistance provision of the federal coronavirus act. He applied for more than $1.2 million in jobless benefits. Federal officials say right now he lives in Hollywood Hills, and in a video, he bragged he's going to get stacks of these while holding up envelopes from EDD. A second man in the video raps, quote, you gotta sell cocaine, I just file a claim. If convicted, <laughs> Baines faces up to 22 years in federal prison. <sighs> Those are some bars. Yes, what? <laughs> God and Aaron Magruder have the same sense of humor. This is why we need the boondocks back, but I often wonder if the boondocks, uh, well, when the boondocks comes back, how will they compete with the most absurd things that usually are reserved for storylines on the boondocks are actually happening in real life? Okay, this guy, Nuke Bizzle, applied for $1.2 in unemployment benefits. Blatant unemployment fraud. And then turned around and made a song about it. Yes, a song called EDD, Nuke Bizzle, featuring Fat Wither. Would you like to hear it? Here it yes. goes. I done got rich off of EDD. I ain't hit no more licks cause of EDD. And just last night I was selling me And I just woke up to 300 G. Go sit the K off of SBA. It's time to fall like the NBA. 10 cars on swimming 10 K a day. Counting the bills of the CPA. You gotta sell cocaine. I can just file a claim. Rats coming straight to the bank. I'm doing this shit you can't. Bugging no smarter you ain't. EDD scale this thing that you heard about. I be so happy to certify. Mm. Get on that laptop, I'm working out. Mm. 25 clans for a while. He's trying my life and I got it immediately. Okay. I swear I done had it in a minute. You to tell me I can just wait on the email and get certified for a 20. Damn, did it hurt better than dinner? Turn me to a scam or quicker. I was just stuck in the cell. Now I say, bad wait on urgent mail. Now I kind of like this song. I like that too. I told I saw, I like that song. Yeah. I kind of like the song. Yeah, that's the problem. Grown ass, grown ass, grown ass adults who know better. Saying that they like songs like this. It's no longer erectile dysfunction. at work, What you say, Uncle Ruckus? There's powerful niggardry at work, here. One more time, Uncle Ruckus, for the people in the back. There's powerful niggardry at work, here. Kids, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry, kids. I'm so sorry that we made y'all believe you really had to be living the things you rapped about. I, I wish more rappers told y'all that they was just performing and they was just trying to make some money. 
All right, there was a period in my life where I really wanted and loved when my rappers were doing the things they were talking about, but that was ignorant of me. Okay, if rappers actually did just 30%, just 30% of what they rapped about doing, they would all be in prison or dead. Okay, this new generation didn't get the memo that majority of these rappers was all cap. Now they're busy trying to lead two lives, trying to serve two masters. They want to rap and live a life of crime. And when you try to do both, you end up like Nuke Bizzle, okay? Facing three federal charges. And if convicted of all these charges, uh, Baines, Nuke Bizzle, will face a statutory maximum sentence of 22 years in federal prison. Y'all still like the song? Song it's is, a good song. Song is popping. Okay. Not I don't play. have nothing to do with it. Song is good or not. Nuke Bizzle. We're not going to play Guess What Race This Is? Please let Remy Ma give Nuke Bizzle the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw. You stupid mother Are you dumb. Are they white? I have one question. Hmm? Where is Fat Wizzle? If Fat Wizzle was featured on this song, did Fat Wizzle get Are locked up Are you trying to get someone else arrested? Inquiring minds. Well, oh, I'm trying to get them arrested? Forget the song that's got over a million views <laughs> on YouTube. And forget the $1.2 million in, uh, in, in, in unemployment fraud that they tried to get. I'm trying to get them arrested. I think got rich off of EDD. Hey. Hey. <laughs> rich off of EDD. All right, niggas. That's powerful, powerful niggardry at work here. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Mm-hmm. How'd you get this song? Can you send it to me? Where is Fat Wizard, though? Seriously. I don't know where Fat Wizard is. <laughs> <laughs> Fat Wiz He's getting low right Fat now. Fat Wizard, you got anything you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. All right. Thank you for that, sir. Fat Wizard, don't pop up now. Talking about They were talking about you on The Breakfast Club. Now, you get low. Stay low. Delete all your social media pages and everything. That's okay? right. All right, we got more coming up next. We're The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Come on. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Yee. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? This is Stacy. Hey, Stacy. What's your question for Yee? Um, so I uh, was engaged to this guy and um, well I'm still engaged to him and I went through his iPad and I found naked pictures of men and <gasps> <laughs> yeah. was that your iPad or something Charlamagne? Listen, Charlamagne getting excited yeah, like he got discovered <laughs> <laughs> the jig is up <laughs> Another one bites the dust. <laughs> Man down. <laughs> okay, so what were these naked? What were these naked man pictures of though? Like, were they sexual? Was what was going on? Yeah, it was of their private. I mean, some of them were selfies, but most of them was you know the private area. <laughs> How do you take a penis selfie? That's you easy. Know, like, just take it. <laughs> All right, so go ahead. Yeah, so what happened when you asked him so about these pictures of naked men? He just said that it was a phase, like it was something that he was doing because he was what? bored. So, like, I'm guessing like, <laughs> catfishing, catfishing the people, and then, um, you know, like they were sending him pictures, you know, like that he's not bisexual or he's not gay, and um, I just don't know what to do from from there. You know, it's been five or six years. So he's never engaged in any sexual activity with a man, is what he's saying. Yes. Okay. Do you believe him? I mean, I don't know. Okay. 
this is what I'm saying. When you started off this conversation, you said you were engaged. And now you're saying you still, you, but you still are. But it feels to me like you saying that shows me that in your head you're already not engaged anymore. <laughs> I just don't know how to go about the situation. Like, you know, he, he's telling me that he's not gay or bisexual, but the, picture, the pictures are telling me otherwise. And it's so right. many. Like, it goes back... Like, I could go back through the pictures and it dates back to maybe right to the beginning of our relationship or even farther. Right. And, you know, listen, it might be hard for him to have this discussion with you. So, first of all, you need to let him know that it's a safe space for him to talk and that you're right. willing to listen to whatever it is that he has to say and Lies. not pass any judgment. No, it is a safe <laughs> space, though, right? And if things don't work out because, look, if you decide that, A, you're not sure right now, so to me, if you're not sure, there's, you just can't get married because marriage has to at least feel like a sure thing. Right. But I also think you should let him know, look, you can talk to me about anything. This is between us. It's confidential. And I just want you to feel comfortable enough to feel like you can do that. And then we can decide, you know, what's going to happen with us moving forward. But it'll be us deciding together. And I just want to stress, if you're not comfortable with something, don't do it. Why would right. I believe that she's going to keep it to herself when she's on the radio with you right now? She's anonymous. <laughs> Come on now. What's your what's your I, dude's I Instagram? Care about him. Why, you, why are you raised, trying to check him out? The way that I was raised, you know, like I'm not judgmental at all. Like I feel like mm -hmm. if he was bisexual and he would have came into the relationship and was like, you know, this is who I am, then I can right. I can accept you for that. I can accept you for who you are, but five years worth of lies, I don't know if I can accept. And I just didn't know how to move forward. Like, if you're telling me that you're not bisexual or gay, how do I know that that's just not a cover-up? You know, like, you're not just right. trying to use that to make sure that we still stay together and we get married and you're having these undercover relationships. I just don't, mm -hmm. I just didn't know what to do. <laughs> and he, he just might not be comfortable with it himself because clearly he's not out if he is. And so that has to be something that he probably has to come to terms with you know, himself. And so I'm sure it's, a, it's difficult for him all around, but you can't be lying in your relationship. And now he's been discovered. So I think, you know, the thing, the only thing you can do is say, look, what bothers me the most is dishonesty. And that's why I'm asking you, let's have this conversation. I mean, he might just be curious. And what if, what if you know, that's just his version of bird watching? Like he she just, said it's a lot of that, pictures. Like yeah, but people look lot. at a lot of birds. Like Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious. Mean? That's the whole point. You go to the park, you want to see a bunch of birds. Maybe he's just, it's his version of bird watching. I don't know. Yeah, but if she's not comfortable and she doesn't believe that it's the, you know, he's being honest, that's an issue. Hey, man. Right, but... Only one way to find out. Lay him on his stomach <laughs> and give him that knuckle test. No. Borrow no some of that gel NVB using when he bike rides and give him that knuckle test. I feel you know like you know test, too right? much. You... Um, no, tell us sounds about like, it. How'd it feel? Sounds like you had How'd it done it feel? Feel? <laughs> Tell us about this knuckle test, brother. <laughs> Anonymous know what the knuckle test is. Give him that knuckle test, boo. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know nothing like that. <laughs> well, you know what? DM Charlemagne and ask him about the, the knuckle yeah. test. And good luck, He's mama. at doodoo -doo He can come do it for you. <laughs> He's at doodoo doodoo <laughs> oh man. My goodness. All right. Ask ye 800 585 1051 if you have questions or you need a doodle, hit her up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning.
with your... Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Uh-oh, what's the matter, Giovanna? Why you sound like you're whispering? I'm whispering because my college student is home. <laughs> okay, okay. And I don't want him to hear my question. Oh, boy, mommy freaky. All right, let's go. Yeah, DJ MV, happy anniversary. My husband and I be celebrating 24 years of summative. Wow. In our 20s. Congrats so, to that. Yeah, same to you, same to you. My question is, I don't know how you deal with all those kids, but what to do now that these kids are home? when you're trying to get freaky with your husband. Mm. <laughs> do you, you have know, any... Do you have any... why you sustain these long-term marriages is because <laughs> y'all do all kinds of crazy stuff, you know? But we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> How many kids? Home. Just one. Just one, but... Okay, he's home from college. He's, he's, he's graduated last year, thank goodness. But, you know, with everything going on, his grad plans didn't work out. He was supposed to relocate to California. He's home with us. We have a condo. And can't get down the way we usually get down, you know. Oh, so is there? Is he ever going outside? Is there some place like an outdoor not, space not right where now, he can go get air? Right now. And we, you know, normally we go to parks, but parks have been closed. We don't want to get arrested because he's essential. I own a catering mm-hmm. business, kind of, you know, in the in, in the public eye. I, I don't want to be, you know, known for anything scandalous. But of course. Y'all be going now, to the know, parks, getting freaky? Yes, I like this. Now, yes, no, no, no. She said... Yeah, we hold have, on, but hold not. on. <laughs> yes, they do. Not now. Not now. Not during not now, this. now, of course. Everything is shut down. We try to be safe. As I said, my husband is, is, is essential. I own a catering business. Shout out to the small business owners. I fed the front line. Still doing my... What's the name of your catering business? Let's plug that, too, while we're on here. Oh, thank you. Mama Signature Recipes. Mm, where okay. I'm in Cliffside Park, but I work out of a, a commercial kitchen in Inglewood. So Inglewood Hospital, Holy Name, Teaneck, Feed the Frontline. We're still doing more. So, but Now, Giovanna, let me ask you this. Doesn't your son have to go to sleep at some point? Um, now that he's home, not really. I mean, come on. You know these older kids. They're on FaceTime all hours of the night. You know, um, and, and we're not quiet. You know what? You know what I think is fun? You need to have sex quietly. Quietly. Yes, and that actually is really fun, but it doesn't normally happen, but it's actually very exciting when you know people might. My husband's louder than me, actually. Well, you're gonna wow, have to mama, you're putting his, in that you're work. Gonna to, you're going to have to cover his mouth while you're doing it, but it's actually cover something really mouth. fun about trying to be quiet while you have sex, and that might just be something yeah. y'all going to have to do. Just be careful, quiet. It is exciting. That uh, we're gonna try, Mama, Mama, Mama. Uh, can I be honest with you? Need ideas, especially from DJ. What do you Ma. do with all those kids? We live in a condo. <laughs> well, first of all, first of all, the kids go to sleep. The kids go to yeah. sleep, and then the older kids. The older one, exactly. But the oh, he knows what's going on. You don't think he having sex? She like, don't want him to hear that. Nobody want to hear their parents having Thank sex. Thank you, Angela. The kids don't want to hear that. Put a lock they on that door, that. and you and your hubby He's not going to walk in. in. He's not walking in. So don't worry about it. He'll put his headphones on, and he'll be in his video head. games. Giovanna, let me Boy. let me tell you what else you can do. Let me tell you what else you could do. Because you said the headboard. I'm glad you said that. Put a yeah. sheet on the floor and have sex quietly on the floor. We have carpet on our under the floor under our bed, but uh, all right. Well, well, listen. Put a sheet on the floor. <laughs> put on some music. Put the TV on. Whatever you got to do. Mama, don't even worry about your son. You know, my daughter came into me. She came into my room the uh, the other morning. And was like, guys, 
You know I don't go to sleep at 12 o'clock, right? Exactly. You know I hear everything that was going on. And, I, and you know what I said? I said, well, you know how you got here, right? And then she just walked out. It is what it is. My daughter's 18. Your son is, he graduated college. He got to be in his 20s. He understands. But listen, he I just want to so say, you just need to make a fun game out of it. Put that sheet on the floor. Put all right, we got to be quiet. Turn on some music kind of low and just have sex slowly and quietly. He's a grown-ass boy, mama. He's in you your house. He's old enough now. Boy. You and hubby you get freaky. After the two. He doesn't want to see his mother's face. His father come out smiling, but he doesn't want to see me come down and make his avocado toast after I didn't... Avocado toast. <laughs> well, I hope you would wash your hands at least. Yeah, yeah, All yeah, kinds of wash your hands. Oh my God. Washing my hands and everything, but okay, we'll try the sheet on the floor. Thank no, you. No, Mama, get yes. your freaky ass Emmy, on. This is Who ask you, Emmy, Emmy, this is Ask Ye. She wanted advice, and my Thank advice you, is have some fun with it. It's a different time, it's a different era. She don't want her son to hear. Put that sheet on the floor Quarantine and have fun sex. trying to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Quarantine sex, maintaining the long term marriages. You gotta do what you gotta Mama, do. Mama, I haven't and worked every out the time, bed every thing time, yet. And every time he makes a, a little noise with his mouth and he starts getting too loud, just cover his mouth and be like, hey, you gotta be quiet. Mama, nah. And let me ask you a question. When you find out what it's to do with the fun. bed, help me out with the bed because I haven't figured that out yet. My bed be squeaking. We it's haven't dope. figured that out, man. We haven't figured. We've used WD-40. We put purple mattress and everything and it's still. It's still mine, it's too. The mattress. What the hell is you the purple a, mattress? You have a, it, He's loud. It's a label. It's a type of mattress. You have an um, air mattress? No, we don't have no, please. We would bust an air mattress. We tried that back okay. in the 90s. She's trying to play you. Angela, he just tried to play you, Mom. She's going to tell you she got an air mattress. You're a grown-ass woman. She's trying to play you like you some little young guy with an air mattress. You're disrespectful. No, no, no. I, have a, wow. I, have a, I actually have an air mattress as a spare mattress in my house in case I have company, and I'm like, okay, here's an air mattress. So sometimes well, people come and spend the night. Oh, you can blow up. You can like use the air mattress. In the 80s. No, I don't know if that's going to work. We gonna and it's a, actually, it's a, it's a pillow top air mattress, and it's very there, nice. Yeah, and I my goddaughter. It's late automatically. Yeah, I have that for guests, but I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. Mama, go in. Don't worry about him. We're going to go and go, okay, I'm going to take your advice. Go in. He, he knows. He understands. I know, you know. I know you know, DJ MV. Long-term marriage, you got to do what you got to do. That's right. right. So have you got to stick now, kids or not? That's right. Or stick your face out the window. Let let hubby hit it from the back. That way, if you yell, it's outside. You go in. You get freaky. Then my neighbors. I've already had notices under my door from my neighbors. That's the last thing I need is for them to see my hanging out the window now, too. Wow. <laughs> Why are you so right, long and hanging out the window? <laughs> not long, but, you know, stick my face out the window. That's going to come next. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, have fun with it. Get on that floor and have some fun. <gasps> Thank Good you. Good luck, Mama. And sustain these long, long-term marriages. We out here doing it, too. There you go. Black love. Okay. Black love. And- Black love. Don't do your don't do your catering straight from doing what you do with your husband. Just make sure you wash your hands, shower. We don't want any extra. That food have more love in it, boy. All right, thank you, mama. All right, eight hundred five. That ain't that ain't love, <laughs> and that ain't that ain't cream either. Okay. <laughs> Ask ye eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. It's a Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now it's time for Ask C and E. Angela is out, so Charlamagne and I will be holding it down. So let's go to the callers. Hello, who's this? 
Hi, I'm Veronica. Hey, Veronica. What's hey, Veronica. Question? How are you, Queen? Hey, I'm good. I'm real good. Um, I actually had a question for Charlotte. Well, both of y'all, but Charlemagne, I think, could really, uh, really get it more than DJ Envy because he's like oh, a that's, little dude. That's, that's usually how it works. He's a little what? I like that last part. What'd you say? He's he's a loyal dude. Um, oh. To his woman. To his woman. <laughs> All right, so, so I'm, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm That's what not she said. For what you did in your past, I'm just saying you got a little more experience of not being a good guy. Yeah, I'm trying to be loyal. That's true. I, I like that last part that you, you know, said. Every man trip, but anywho. Go ahead, Mama. So I've been with my dude now for six years, and at this point, it's like I'm getting on the tired verge. Okay, so every once in a while, he may. Like, I may catch him talking to a girl, or I may look in his text messages and see that he was talking to his ex, or one night he he didn't even come home. So, like, I'm so tired now because it's like I give all my loyalty to these guys, and it's like never, I never get a good, a good return in my, for my loyalty. It's like, it's, it's like every woman that's so loyal, they always run into these, these dirt bags, you know, and I'm, I'm tired. You know, I just want to actually really know because this time in this relationship, I can't walk away. I can't just get up and take off because I got kids now. So it don't matter. It's like, I don't kids know. shouldn't make you stay. <laughs> if he's being disrespectful and, and out all night and, and not calling you, not telling you where he is, he's talking to other chicks, don't let the kids be the reason you uh, stay and keep getting hurt. That's not, that's not even the, that's not even the issue because he called. He called, well, babe, come out here with me or whatever the point. My whole thing is, when are you going to become a man to where you make your decisions and mm. and make us our part, you know, make your decisions not reflect the people who really here for you, you know? Right. So like if he out, he partying too hard and he end up getting drunk asleep on his friend's couch. No, you should be an adult and know where you're limited. You know right. what I'm saying? Stop, get a little sober and bring your butt home. How old is he? He's 33. So man, you want to start? He's 33. All right. I've been with my woman for, I've been with my, my woman for 22 years. Um, married for six, completely faithful for four. Actually, the last time I I, I I did any dirt was October 2016. That is a fact. So y'all been together for six. So you got about 12 more years before um, he, he he hangs his jersey up for good. <laughs> no, you, um, you ain't got to wait that long. <laughs> you ain't got to wait that long. No, you, 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 you are a true no. you, you are caught, true You caught him. He, he should know what it is. Nah, nah, don't listen to Charlotte, man. You got to give him an ultimatum. Tell him you you you, you want a grown-ass man. You don't want a boy. All that being out in the club, not taking care of home is a problem. Don't don't listen to Charlotte, man. He got 12 and more years. And furthermore, You put furthermore, your foot down, and you tell him what it is, and you keep your foot on his neck. I agree with Envy, because when my girl, my, 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 my woman... No, I'm saying my woman broke up with me for a whole year uh, when when she had just graduated from college. So that definitely, you know, did put the fear of God in me. So I agree with Envy on that. But I'm going to tell you something else. I'm not as much of a dirtbag as your man because I ain't never stayed out all night. I always had <laughs> good sense that God gave me to take my ass home well, after I did Let me tell you something. If he was out, well, him being out all night, if I didn't know where he was, I probably would have went crazy. But I got this man, like, we follow each other on our location, on our cell phone. So I know where he at. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It's just, I want right. to see if he makes a responsible decision to sober up and come home. Like, well, I keep your foot on his neck, Mama. Chasing and seeing if you're going to come home. I shouldn't have to keep calling you, asking you when you're going to come home. And I shouldn't have to sit up to 5 o'clock in the morning to make sure you're safe. 
I shouldn't have right. to do that because you put you put more on my shoulders. You know, right. I've never the whole six years I've never actually left him to where I need to make him realize what he got. You know what I'm saying? I never done that. And well, I sometimes like you got to put that ultimatum on. I think the problem is he knows that. He knows you ain't leaving, so he knows he can disrespect. So you put the fair God in him, and I'm sure he'll he'll act right. And good luck, mama. Yeah, and, and I want to tell you too, man, the way the way people treat you is a statement about who they are as a human being. It's not a statement about you. So I don't ever want you to think that you're not a good woman, you're not a good mother. It has nothing to do with you. That man has a lot of insecurities. That man has a fragile ego, and he's searching for something in other women that he can only find within himself, period. Absolutely. Well, good luck, mama. All right, we got more coming up next. We're The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Charlemagne! Yes. Leave us with some positivity. Listen, the positive note is simply this, man. Everybody needs to write a little note to themselves today, man. Write a little note to yourself. Write this down. I'm serious. Remembering God is in control is a way to bring peace to my heart. I have no reason to fear or be anxious. Breakfast Club, bitches! We all finished or y'all done? 